Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody. Thank you guys for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. So, 2023, can't say it enough man, it's been a crazy, crazy year for games. I feel like I've said that way too many times over the last few weeks. <laughs> so I think that's going to be the last time I say this. But that only makes us wonder, what is 2024 going to be like? And that is basically what this whole episode is going to be. It is what we want to work on, what we are excited about, and just kind of an update episode as far as that goes, right? There's plenty of games that have been announced, uh, and it kind of looks like 2024 might be able to continue the trend of 2023, but we shall see. And, you know, I was looking back as well and listening to some interviews of other podcasts and some other game makers and stuff recently. And it's funny, they, they everyone agrees that 2023 was a huge year, right? We had some amazing mm -hmm. titles out there. But we also had some major flops too, right? There was some big games that people were expecting, like, what was it again? Forspoken, right? They were expecting. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. This year. there's quite a few of those where it's like, wow, the anticipation for this game, the marketing behind it, everything looks so amazing, and then it kind of fell flat. But the high notes of the year still rang true and made it feel as if 2023 had only big hits, which is not true, right? And it's the same for every single year. But I'm kind of curious to see what you think as well as if. 2024 is going to be able to hold a candle or is it going to be one, another forgotten year in the world of games? And, you know, looking at the list that I have, it feels like the momentum is just going to keep going. And mm -hmm. I have an idea as to why, but maybe we'll kind of discuss that in a little bit. But what's your thoughts on this? Like, do you think that 2024 is going to be able to hold a candle to the amazing year that we've had? Okay, I said I was going to stop doing that, but yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious about it. I think that we're finally kind of past that like COVID restriction kind of thing mm. with games. Cause I mean, that's basically, I think a lot of the games that came out this year would have been spread across the past three years if COVID didn't screw it all up. Yeah, that's true. And it's, I think next year it's interesting because you look at the games coming next year and I mean, as someone who's a big RPG fan, it's pretty freaking stacked mm -hmm. the first few months alone. And I'm like, oh, man, like what other stuff is, you know, going to be big next year. But I think that as making games is more accessible to people and, you know, the amount of focus that the gaming industry is getting, you know, good and bad, I think we'll see a lot more, not just indie but i think with triple a games i think like people are either starting to realize like maybe dumping a ton of money into a game isn't you know necessary i mean i think they with those insomniac leaks they said like the spider-man 2 game was i think like 100 million to make or 300 million like it was some like crazy number and it's like, I mean, it was a fun game. I enjoyed it, but I'm like, did, did it really need to be that much money? And right. you look at a game like Lethal Company made by one person 
and it outsold Call of Duty. It was the top of the Steam charts for at least a good month and a half. Or and even simpler, Suica game, right? Like that too. That game it's, made a lot of money. It's insane. It you know, I, with Lethal Company, it's like it's a ten dollar game, and you look at the Steam owner list, and it's between I think ten to twenty million people own the game. Crazy. And it's like imagine ten million dollars. Or ten dollars multiplied by ten million users. That's a that's a lot mil. of fucking money. It's a hundred mil and for right one there. person for too. One person. <laughs> I hope he didn't make it in Unity. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, damn. And it's it, so it shows like you don't need to spend a lot of money. And I'm wondering, like, as time goes on, as indie titles are getting more and more recognized by more mainstream people, like gamers and stuff. I feel like we're starting to see that kind of like convergence between the two Mm -hmm. Um, as people are starting to get burnt out by a lot of these big games. They're like, oh, wow, some of these indie titles are like kind of what I'm looking for. And I think that this coming year we might see that there's definitely a lot of indie titles I have my eye on. Um, they don't really have super set dates. I've, I tried to keep a lot of the games I'm interested in for at least like the first quarter or like the first half of the year. Cause I figured, Oh, it'd be kind of fun to do this again, like halfway through the year to see like, Oh, what were our expectations? Mm, what, yeah. what's coming at the end of the year. But this year's looking pretty good. I feel like when I looked at 2023 last year, I felt like I was like, oh, it's going to be an interesting year, but I didn't think it was going to be this good, right? Like, we all knew that Zelda was coming out. We all knew that Resident Evil was coming out. Like, we knew a bunch of these big-name games were coming out, but the amount of just good games all around, it's like I was not expecting that. So I'm thinking next year is going to be another surprise, but I definitely think that... um, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Like, I think it's going to be a very diverse uh, kind of spread of games. Actually, I think I think that's what it's going to be next year. I think it's going to be very diverse because I'm looking at some of the projected stuff and I'm like, ooh, this is I think going to appeal to a lot more people than this year did. Yeah, I. I really feel like it has to do a lot with the fact that so many people can get their hands on these game designers now, right? Like so -hmm. many people can make their own game now. They can bring their own message and bring it to life. And the tools that are available to us have become not easier to use, but there's it's just more accessible in a way, right? Like you can get Blender for free. You can get these game makers for free and just kind of play and tinker until you figure it out which is really amazing, right? And that's why we're seeing so many um, like really popular titles with just one person making them and just kind of dropping it and seeing what happens ends up becoming this whole huge, like amazing hit. But one of the things that I'm noticing about 2024 that I'm kind of excited about, honestly, is quite a few of the games on my list have a very like anime look to them. Mm -hmm. And before in the past, like anime looking games, like if you think about like Studio Ghibli's things like Nino Kuni and stuff like that, they started to get that Ghibli look, but then it still has that kind of trippy 3D look to it as well. 
right? It doesn't feel that you don't really feel so much of that painterly aspect, but the colors and the soft edges give the Ghibli vibe still and like the character creation. Mm -hmm. But then if you look like at a game like um, Europa, have you seen this one yet? It actually just showed up on my list that I was looking at. It looks beautiful. Like this looks like an actual Ghibli movie. Like it's so stunning. The the visuals of it are fantastic. The backgrounds look like they're hand painted. Like it is amazing to see. And what's funny is I found this game or a trailer for this game uh, because I was looking at how to get a hand drawn look in Blender. Right. And then this ended up popping up in my feed. And I was like, holy crap, this is exactly what I was looking for because it looks exactly like you would think a Ghibli game should look like. It doesn't oh, yeah, have cool. that like very because, you know, like Nino Kuni, even the terrain and things like that, you, like you can feel the geometry, I guess, is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. But this one, it, everything feels hand painted still right like you can take a still shot of any scene and it just feels like a hand-painted drawing the only thing you can notice that kind of stands out a little bit because of the saturation levels and whatnot is the player character which actually is a really clever thing to do uh because the world itself is very like monochromatic a sense of like lots of blues and greens and then the character themselves has a red cape on so they stand out almost anywhere that they're at which is very clever it's good color theory uh but the the look of the character looks a little bit more of that traditionally 3D look and being imposed on these three or these hand drawn backgrounds, which reminds me of like classic PlayStation games, right? Like you look mm-hmm. at the Final Fantasy VII, the original game, you have 3D characters on hand painted backgrounds. And I miss that. I, I miss that vibe. And this is giving me a modern version of those vibes, which is pretty awesome. So I'm I'm very excited about Europa. It looks great. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching the dev play on the Steam page right now. I'm like, this game looks really cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, you can tell a lot of nods to things like Castle in the Sky and all that are in here. And it almost feels like it's in that same universe of Castle in the Sky. Because a lot of like these giants in the in the scenes or in the backgrounds look like the Fallen Garden Guardians. So just a little Mm -hmm. bit more like bigger, more spikes or whatever it may be. So I'm wondering if maybe they are making some connections there, which I think would be really cool. Yeah, for me, I was looking at with, you know, kind of jump piggybacking off the art style thing. Um, Something I was looking into and I forgot where I saw it. It was on one of the directs or something but it's called uh snuffkin melody of moomin valley <laughs> sorry and <what>? it's <laughs> it's uh it's based off of those moomin i think it was a cartoon i think it's bigger in europe uh than out here but i remember seeing this little creature um Snufkin. and s- oh yeah. something about it i'm like this looks so like wholesome and like the art style is very comforting to me, and I'm like, I I want to play this. It looks you know? like a children's book. I love the illustrations. Well, that's what the Moomin. I think I think they are books. Yeah, Moomin characters. Okay. Yeah. So they're based off of I think it was a graphic novel or a comic. Um, 
But yeah, like I, I'm really liking uh, games that have a distinct style now. Mm-hmm. I noticed that this year that I've always been into games that have a very different aesthetic than a lot of other ones, you know, in that certain like moment. Right. But this year alone, I was like, kind of like thinking about like, what art style do I really gravitate towards now? Mm. And I mean, for the longest time, it was always cell shading. I always loved it. I always loved PlayStation One graphics, but I realized I'm like I really like like that Mobius kind of style, like that graphic novel comic look, like mm-hmm. Sable. Um, I know there's a bunch of games coming out soon with that style too, so I'm kind of excited to kind of dive into those worlds. But yeah, I think. To me, I feel like there's a lot more diversity with art styles um, that I've noticed recently, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, I mean, the what they're able to do now with, like, speaking of cell shading, is kind of insane, right? Like, it looks so cool now. Right? Like, the because before, cell shading had a very, there was a trick to it, and that's why things like Borderlands and Wind Waker looked the way they looked it was actually they were imposing uh and for some of the games they were imposing like two different layers on those characters and one was slightly bigger than the other but all black so it kind of had like a trippy black outline to them to make it look like it was hand painted or hand drawn Hmm. right so it's just a weird illusion of stacking different layers on the player character themselves uh but then now like you look at games like uh i mean zenless zone zero right like that game looks awesome and like it's really taking the idea of like cell shading and making an anime in games look really, really good. Uh, I'm very excited about this one because it just looks like a lot of game. Like it, it looks pretty crazy. Uh, have you checked that one out yet? Because it looks. Really I'm looking good. at it right now. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Zenless Zone Zero looks really, really cool. The combat looks so flashy and edgy. I, I really like the fact that they, you know, like it, it feels. Like it has the same impact that anime action has because it they're mixing a lot of like a hand drawn versus 3D right for the big impact shots and it just kind of mm-hmm. adds a lot of weight to the to every single hit which is really great to see the slow motion effects in there are really cool but everything just looks like it runs super super smooth uh, so I'm I, that's one I'm really excited about and then another one that is following in the same footsteps of art style at least. Uh, is uh, meta or metaphor? Uh, what is it? Re- Refantasio? Oh yeah, metaphor Refantasio or whatever. Yeah, that. I'm looks, excited about that. The character art in that is so cool. I was just checking out concept art for that game today, and uh, I'm really digging the look of it. It that looks amazing. Yeah, that one. Like it basically looks like a Shin Megami Tensei, but like super like fancy you like, know like that art polished. style yeah it's like i feel like that persona 5 kind of like art style with like the ui and everything kind of like bled into a lot of games mm-hmm. and i feel like this is like an evolution of that style where it's like it does kind of have that same like bold outline with the writing and stuff but it it gives it a different take and i like that it it feels like lines are more defined mm-hmm. in this style. 
at least with the UI, but the, the character models look really good. Like I think especially this past year, a lot of games with the, the anime, like art, like characters, it, it's gotten so good. Like yeah. I'm thinking even back with the, the Dragon Ball Z game, the Kakarot. Oh, like how that game good looked those amazing. Those characters looked. Well, and, and the, the Fire Emblem game, like this one, the metaphor oh, yeah. game feels like the same kind of character artist did the Fire Emblem ones, but this is like their darker version of it. Right. Like it just like I like how these characters feel kind of like they have a little bit more of a rougher edge to their art. And mm-hmm. it, it just kind of really sells it. It, it re- There's something about it like because Fire Emblem, the characters look great, but it was a very well established, even lines. This one feels more sketchy and more like graphic. And I, I don't know, there's a lot to it that I think is really cool. And the mixing of the cutscenes being they look like some of the cutscenes are actually animated which is really cool. And so like that, that seamless blend to them is really, really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about the visuals on this one. This one was, uh, as soon as I saw it, I was kind of blown away. Yeah. It makes me want more anime games too. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it. And I feel like a lot of them have been hit or miss, but I feel like we're finally getting that era where it's like, we're making the games actually look pretty close to how they would look if you transferred them from anime to game you know Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's so many out there right now and what was the oh god what was it called the the demon souls game oh code vein no not code vein it wasn't demon souls what was or what is that called? God Eater. The anime, the anime that came out, the it's really popular, and I watched. Oh, it. Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. That's what it was. Are yeah. those fighting games? Uh, no, they no, they're not. Oh. Yeah. So the the Demon Slayer game, like, I actually watched some breakdowns of the the action and stuff. Well, the, you can kind of say they're fighter games, I guess. Because I think you can fight with each other, but then there's a, a one player co-op or no, not one. There's a one player storyline that you can go through and like actually battle everyone and go through the full anime itself. So, yeah, I guess it is a fighting game like it can be, you know, but it's like a dual kind of game. Yeah. Mm. But what was really cool to see is like how I mentioned earlier with the 2D animations imposed onto the 3D to make the impacts even feel stronger. Like this one does that to a T. Like it really does feel like the anime. And the way they did that is literally a lot of these scenes, especially during the attacks or like the big, you know, special moves, mm-hmm. use real hand-drawn 2D paints that get imposed over or they actually replace the 3D scenes with 2D drawn scenes and it just flows seamlessly, which is amazing. But it gives you that, same impact that you would get from watching the animes because i mean this game i mean the show itself that's what really sells it is those like big flashy battle scenes so being able to actually see like those legit same like beat for beat animations the way they drew it in the show being able to go seamlessly between the 3d and the 2d is really really mind-blowing and they found a formula that works and it works so well and like just the pure visuals of this game look amazing. Like I'm 
very blown away by it. But there is like a story mode to it too, where like you're going around areas, checking things out, and then you actually go and fight as well. So like it's it's pretty awesome, man. Like this this game looks so cool because I love the show. The show is fantastic. So being able to recreate those battle scenes was, seems like a lot of fun. I haven't checked it out yet, but. Yeah, the animation in the show alone is good enough. That's why I'm like, oh, it would transfer really good to a game. But yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a style I've been into. And, you know, looking back at that uh, Zenless game, I didn't realize it was a, a Hoyo game. So mm, like yeah. the it, it's cool that it'll be free. I mean, I've been playing Honkai Star Real and it's well, I haven't played it in a few days, but it's not terrible for a free to play game. So I'm like, I'm always curious to see, you know, what they might have in store next. Mm-hmm. You know, I Genshin Impact didn't click for me. And Honkai, like it it I don't know. It, you can good, tell it's a it's free not, game, yeah. but it, yeah, it's like if I'm bored waiting on my lunch break, I'm like, yeah, I'll boot it up for 30 minutes, you know, but it's, it, I think it's a step in the right direction for a free to play game in that sense where it's the gacha is not like say ever crisis where it's calling in your face, mm, but, yeah. um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that game. So I, I remember seeing the image and kind of wrote it off. And now I'm like, oh, actually, it does look really good. Yeah, there's, you know, I, I what I'm realizing now, looking at the list of games that I've kind of been keeping my eye on, uh-huh. maybe 2024 is the year of style, right? Like a lot of these mm. games are very stylistic and but they're taking things that are very familiar and that have been like started over the last couple of years and you know they made look made to look really great this past year but looking at what they're going to be like in the next year it's like leaps and bounds like it feels like such a different right like it has a a different appearance to it that just makes it feel fresh even though it is still cell shading it is still this right but it's done in a way that is just very much advanced. Yeah. I think, like I was saying, like I think we'll definitely see some new art styles and stuff. Because I feel like that's kind of what this industry, or a lot of like, I don't say the whole game industry in general, but I think we need some new looks. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I love your normal every other day shooter it's kind of cool when you see something different. Because I'm thinking, like, there's that video. Uh, I don't know if it's coming out this, uh, 2024. I think it's 2025 now. But it looks like Cuphead. Mm. But it's a shooter. Oh, and it looks kind of cool. cool. Like, I'm I'm always down for weird, different art styles. But, um, you know, I'm looking at, you know, January. And I was thinking... It's kind of at first I was like, oh, I think I'm good. I don't have anything to play until February. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, play Baldur's Gate in January and knock out. Like I I still have a pretty decently sized list of indie games that I want to play through still, you know. And uh, I was looking at I'm like, oh, God damn it. January is kind of not packed, but like I the the new like a dragon games coming out mm, yeah. and it's the RPG one. So I, I know I'm going to like it anyway. 
I like that it has that Animal Crossing Island kind of thing where you can actually build the the village. Oh, that's which cool. Which is kind of cool. I didn't know you could do that. That's cool. Yeah, they, they you can like fully customize it, which is kind of cool. But I I'm a sucker for that series, and I'm I basically play every damn game they come out with. So it's just another one added to the list. But um, there's that, and weirdly enough, I feel like because I've heard enough people talk about it, but the new Prince of Persia game looks kind of interesting. Yeah, that's on my list and, too. I'm very curious about that one. Like I, I always love 2D platformer or you know 2.5D platformers, I guess. And this game, from what I understand, it there's some interesting stuff it does. Where um, the thing I heard that's really cool is that say you're you're in like in normal Metroidvania, right? There's like an area where you're like, oh, I can't access this because I need a double jump. But you know, say you're two hours later in the game, you finally get double jump and you're like, God damn it. Where do I go mm, with that? Yeah. You can actually take a picture and pin it to the map. Oh, so you can remember that's what nice. it is that was there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's kind of brilliant because I don't think I've really seen something similar to that in the game. No. So I was like, oh, that's better than just taking a picture with your phone and keeping it away for later. Because right, that's, that's classic way of doing it. Yeah. it And I don't know. I It's weird because I had no interest when I first saw it. And then as time goes on, I'm like, it sounds kind of good. Like a nice like Ubisoft platformer because they don't really do that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like we haven't seen a new Rayman in forever. We haven't seen like it, it's always been Far Cry with them or some kind of shooter. So I'm, when I see something kind of unique, I'm like, oh, I'll, I might give it a shot. Yeah. Now it it looks awesome. I love it, and we haven't seen a Prince of Persia in a while, so yeah, it's, it would be nice to actually see them go back to that. The last one that I played was just called Prince of Persia, right? Like the cell shaded one, yeah. Which was fun. It was entertaining, but it was a weird game that didn't let you die. So, <laughs> like, oh, it was yeah. it, every time you fell off, you didn't die. It just did a cutscene of your companion coming out and like flying in the air and picking you up. And then I kept thinking, well, if she could just fly, why doesn't she just fly me to that point? You know, like <laughs> it, it almost felt like it defeated the purpose. But no, it's it was that was the last one I played, and I I enjoyed my time with it. I thought it was a lot of fun even though it was pretty simple as far as it goes. But we'll see. We'll see. And there are some people who are talking pretty negatively about the new Prince of Persia game already, which I think is very weird because no one's gotten like their hands on it yet, right? Like, I think a lot of people were just hoping for another, like the 360 style, where it's more mm-hmm. like, like your typical like third-person like action game. I think a lot of people don't realize that Prince of Persia was yeah, it's uh, going back a platformer. To yeah. So I think there's that. And I think they also just kind of like, I don't know. People also love the hate on Ubisoft, which I get. I don't like a lot of their games either. But when it's something that's different like this, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? Right. It's, it's probably going to be fun. It's just, it has an uphill battle to fight at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's interesting because I was looking at it. So it's like basically the end of January is kind of when things start popping off. And then I was looking at February and I'm like, oh, my God, February is going to be like I remember this February. There was quite a bit mm-hmm. too that came out. But next one in I had no intention of playing this, but the more I sit back and think about like, um, well, I guess this is also a general term. I didn't even mention this at the start of the episode because this was actually kind of the inspiration for why I wanted to do this episode was a lot of the older games I want to play through. Mm, right. Um, I've been making a list of a lot of like games that I've like always wanted to play or people always mention like this is a a must play. So I've been making like a big list and for RPGs there's a lot, right? Like there's always been many when I was a kid that we you know we couldn't afford and now I'm like oh I can just play them now. But a game that I played quite a bit of that never finished it, but I I kind of liked it despite I feel like a lot of people I feel like it's kind of mixed, but the Persona 3 uh, Reload. Mm, yeah. I know they're uh, remaking that. and It looks great. It looks amazing. I, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't... As someone who did spend a lot of time in Persona 5, I don't know if I could go back to it. Mm. And it's not that it's a bad game. It, I, I understand why people like it. I just feel like Persona 3 and... I've only played a little bit of four still kind of had that dark kind of feeling to it. Not as much as the first two games, but it was still kind of like less poppy. Mm, right. And I'm like, oh, I kind of want to give it a shot again to less, see if I less like K-pop it. idols as main characters. <laughs> yeah. It's less like, Oh, here's some high schoolers. Like we're going to hang out and be kind of weird, but mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, like that was one I want to give a shot. And that's like beginning of February, right? And then I know at the end of that month is the Final Fantasy VII, uh, the Rebirth, like yeah. right at the end of February. Which, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I I cannot wait. After seeing like the, the trailers for it and like where it'll be up to in the story for the most part. I'm like, I want to see, you know, Costa del Sol. I want to see the gold saucer. Um, I think they also were showing Cosmo Canyon mm-hmm. and I want to like, see the planetarium. I want to like see ooh. that cutscene, right? Cause as a kid, that cutscene was amazing. Even though mm-hmm. looking at it now, it looks like garbage. <laughs> like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the grandpa that's just floating. Cause he has no legs, right? Like, I, I want to mm-hmm. know what grandpa looks like. Did they give him legs? you right. Like I want, I, I just want to relive that, that whole feeling again. Cause that was the most memorable area for me was the Cosmo Canyon area and like going to the Phoenix tower and everything. Like there's something about that area that just really vied with me. Music too is always really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. That looks awesome. Uh, but yeah, the Persona games, I am I was looking at Persona 3, that looks really cool, but in speaking about, you know, what we want to play and the games that we've missed, I've never actually played a Persona game. Hmm. So it's one of those, like, I definitely want to. So I, I think this year I'm going to try and pick up a Persona game. I know it's going to absorb a lot of my time, because uh, <laughs> that's just what they do, but I, I feel like it yeah. would be a lot of fun. I mean, 
graphically, I love the styling in five. Like I love that graffiti look, I, the sticker art. Mm -hmm. Like I just think the way that they created the UI is just so cool and so amazing uh, that I, I'm very excited to play through it. It's just one of those that I feel like I stayed away from because I was always afraid of how long it would actually take to play. So five is definitely really long. I I think I had clocked about 75 hours into it and I was like going to the last palace. But I know with the royal uh, version, I've heard it's over 100 hours. Yikes. That's a lot. But I mean, I think five is probably the easiest to get into. Just because, like you said, it's very visually appealing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, if you're going for something that's more stylistic, the definitely like three, four, and five. If you want something darker and harder, I would say probably the first two. But I think five is probably a good jumping on point. Yeah, for people. that's what I was thinking. So we'll see. We'll see. And there's actually a game that, or a whole genre of games that I don't really play either. I'm a fan of the franchise, but I never really played the games. Uh, but mm. this new game that's coming out looks freaking rad. Uh, I'm talking about uh -oh. the Star Wars games. So I don't really play the Star Wars games. I mean, I've never heard like amazing, amazing things about them. I've heard they're good, but that's Fallen about, Order. Like I never even played that. So like I've heard they're good, but I never really like looked yeah. into them. So. I play both of the new ones. Okay. Were they I like them. They're fun. Yeah. Okay. Fallen Order definitely it I liked Fallen Order a lot because it it felt kind of fresh mm -hmm. and new. Um, but it was very to the point. Like mm -hmm. it was I I really enjoyed it a lot. Um mm -hmm. with Jedi Survivor, I at first I really didn't like it. And more so was because it it went more into like Instead of like when you go to a planet, it's kind of like a Metroidvania, mm. right? Where it's like there's different doors that you can't access till later. And the map was it, it was like a 3D map. So it was really hard to understand where you were. And in the sequel, they kind of fixed that up, but they made the map so much bigger. So it was like at first I didn't like that because I'm like, oh, this kind of sucks. Now it's like almost overwhelming. Mm. But as the as more time went on in that game, I ended up really liking it. Like they're, they're fun games that don't feel like difficult souls games, but you can definitely make them feel kind of like a fast paced souls title if you wanted to. Yeah. Gotcha. But I thought they were really fun. I like them. Yeah. I have to check them out. Cause the, the new game that's coming out that really caught my eye and makes me want to actually play these now is like star Wars outlaws. That game oh, looks yeah. so freaking cool. Uh, and there's so much like to check out. And I love the UI interlays as well. Like there's a scene in one of the gameplay footages where it shows that you're wanted, right? And you're being hunted. And the way that they showed that on the screen, I thought looks so freaking cool. Like I thought it was a cutscene or something weird, but that's in game, which was amazing. It was so cool. And then seeing you like hop in your ship and fly out into space and just instantly be in a space battle like that is exactly what starfield and no man's sky is supposed to be right like <laughs> like mm -hmm. but the the graphics on this are so polished like i'm very excited about this one like i haven't 
looked at a Star Wars game and been like, holy crap, that looks amazing until this. This is the first Star Wars game where I, just looking at it, it looks phenomenal. Like it it doesn't like because I feel like some of the Star Wars games, for some reason, I, they look kind of goofy to me. Right. Like it looks like it wants to be a big triple A game, but it just doesn't have that like complete polish to it. Yeah. Uh, and this one has all that. Like it looks like a real giant game. Like it looks very fleshed out and just very well done. So I'm very excited for Star Wars Outlaw. I, I think this looks amazing. I forgot about that one. Yeah, it does look really cool because I think it's supposed to be more open. So I'm like, ooh, that'd be kind of fun to actually explore like more of like Tatooine or something like that, you know? That would be awesome. And the fact that they give you a little critter companion that looks freaking adorable, like it looks like an axolotl. Mm -hmm. And you can use the critter companion, or based on the gameplay footage that they've shown so far, you can use him to, while you're stealthing around, he'll like go out there and like press buttons for you. So like you can send him out to do things or like distract enemies and stuff like that which I think is pretty awesome. So it's, it's yeah, it looks really, really cool. This one, I, I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really digging the look of it. So we'll see. I'm, I'm excited. This is definitely one that's going to be on my radar, and it might be the first Star Wars game that I play and just get super into you because it, it feels more like a big, like an, you're playing in the Star Wars universe. You don't have to be the Lukes and Leias and that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm liking more about it is that it, I'm sure there's tie-ins, of course, right? They have to tie it into the franchise, but it feels more like you're just in the world and you're able to explore that, which I enjoy a lot more. Yeah, I think for me, like you were saying with like a franchise and stuff, I was kind of like looking into that and I was like, what are some big franchises that I've been wanting to get into? And for me, I, because I really want to focus on a lot of RPGs this year. Uh, one franchise that I had started, but kind of, I didn't fall off of it. I think when it came, when I was playing it, I got really distracted and I just never went back. But uh, the Trails games. Mm, yeah. Um, I, I've i played the first two Sky titles. I'm finishing up the third one right now. And I am, I have the next one because there's so many games in this franchise that it's interesting because it's like the first three games are one whole region. And then the next two games are a different region. And then the the Cold Steel titles are like another region and basically it all ties together mm. and i the first two games really sucked me in and i know people rave about this series a lot to the point where it's kind of like people treat it as like the modern like a shining example mm -hmm. right of a jrpg and i like it you know like i'm really curious to see where it goes uh that's for the modern RPGs, I think that's the series I want to tackle this coming year. But for older stuff, I've been thinking, like, I really want to tackle Lost Odyssey. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of people are randomly talking about it a lot. It's been recently, popping up in so my feed lately, which I think is weird. Yeah, I'm like, I don't really understand why, but I 
I own it and I've been very interested by it. So I want to check that out. Uh, I do want to check out, you know, Persona 2. Um, I think the two big ones I want to play through, though, is I definitely want to play through the Shadow Hearts series because I remember as a kid always seeing the magazine ad for Shadow Hearts. And I was like, this looks so cool. Mm, like, yeah, that Victorian Gothic look. I was like, you don't see that in games. I want to play that. And I don't know. I think because like I was still kind of young, I just never got around to getting it. But that's one. But I think of all the games I really, really want to play, I really want to play Vagrant Story. Yeah. Like, I think that's going to be coming like, back to that. Like, how long have we talked about Vagrant Story? <laughs> I think since we started this, I feel like, like we brought it damn. up even before we started doing a podcast. I feel like mm-hmm. that was conversations in the office. We brought that up and we both said the same exact thing. Like, I, I think it's time. It's been long enough, man. It's been years. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely I, because I, I was like juggling, like, do you want to play that or Lost Odyssey first? And I'm like, I might just, I might just jump on Vagrant because it's been one I've wanted to play for so long. But well, hey, Lost I'm, Odyssey is on sale on Xbox right now for everybody. Just so you know, it's for on sale for six dollars. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, it's a good deal. So I'm wondering if maybe that's why it's kind of sparking some interest because paying could be paying almost thirty bucks for an Xbox 360 game. Yeah, right. So the fact that it's six dollars right now, it's that's pretty damn good. Yeah, and I mean, I think like that's what Final Fantasy Thirteen was kind of supposed to be. So it's like it's interesting, like the history behind that game too. I actually, so it's funny you bring up Final Fantasy Thirteen. So that is uh one of the titles that I kind of want to play through again this year because I Hmm. did enjoy it. And I got really, really far. I got to like close to the end and then I got stuck in the level grind loop because I wanted to just get some more abilities. Right. And Mm -hmm. I ended up playing, started playing something else. And then I just stopped playing 13. So like, I actually want to play that to completion now because I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Like 13 was actually enjoyable. It's goofy. It's different, but it was a fun game and just learning the, the combat, yeah, sure, after a while it does get very rinse and repeaty, where you don't really have to make decisions. But if you that has to do with a lot of setting things up properly, right? So you set up your different partograms mm-hmm. and things like that in order to make the combat feel quick. And it was kind of nice setting those things up and watching the battles go because they basically just auto battle for you, right? So I don't know. I, I did enjoy that one and I kind of want to go back to it to see if it holds any weight. I mean, like replaying 12 and just absolutely loving it. It makes me want to replay 13 again. So. Maybe. I yeah, it's funny you, you bring that up because I was thinking of kind of doing the same because I when I looked into how far I had gotten in it originally, I it seemed like I, I had played for quite a bit. But I like I just don't really remember much of it. And I own the other two, you know, the spinoffs, right? Lightning Returns and Thirteen Two. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, I kind of want to play them because I've been seeing people online saying like, these games are not as bad as we thought they were back in the day, mm-hmm. right? And 
I'm always down to give it a chance. You know, I just, I think the reason why I'd fell off of it before was just like the setting didn't seem interesting. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's definitely another one I, I want to give another chance to. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I would be very excited to play through that. But no, this 2024 is the year that we play Vagrant Story. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to. There's nothing like, we just need to stop. We'll do a whole episode on Vagrant Story. I don't care if anybody wants to hear that or not. But <laughs> we're going to do it. It's an old ass game. And most people who are listening have no idea what we're talking about. Right. Like how long ago did mm-hmm. that game come out at this point? Like it's it's kind of become a, a weird little joke at now. Like that game came out in 2000. It's a 23 year old game. <laughs> it's almost 24 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the people listening to this podcast are not even that old. <laughs> this game is older to them. So they have no idea what we're talking about. So no, I'm I think it's pretty funny. But yeah, to kind of shift gears and go a little bit weird with this one this is the last game that i was kind of really looking at uh recently that is a weird one for me because i don't usually gravitate to this but the art style was kind of catching my eye and the more i watch gameplay footage of it it looks really interesting i haven't seen a game like this uh but it's and i think this is one that you would really dig um pacific drive have you seen that oh that's the other one i was gonna talk about oh look at that yeah that pacific drive looks so cool it looks so bizarre. I, I don't really like how, how do you explain this? I don't know how to explain Pacific Drive. I'm I didn't realize it was coming out in February. Um it it it's a game I've been following for a long time because I feel like they kept showing it off and then it would just kind of disappear. But basically it's like this weird, like I don't know if it's apocalyptic atmosphere but you know going from the steam page it says there's like some supernatural kind of event that happens and the world's kind of messed up and eerie Mm -hmm. but basically it's the the car horror game i guess you could kind of look at it well i don't know if you would call it horror it's more so it's like seems like it's kind of got some spookiness to it mostly because it's very like you're alone Mm -hmm. in this weird world but basically, you're taking this car, driving through, you know, Washington State, it seems like. And it's like the atmosphere is kind of weird. You know, things are floating. And basically, you're taking this car and exploring, trying to figure out what's going on. And I think that's what kind of sold me on this is because you don't really see that kind of thing in games where it's like, oh, I'm fixing up my car for a journey. and when I do find a game like that, like I love it. Like I remember with days gone when you were able to kind of fix up your motorcycle. I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. Like in a weird way, like I feel like we don't see that often in games. Like we'll see like an upgrade tree, but we don't feel like we're actually making like a huge difference on like the vehicle we, we use. Mm-hmm. But this game is really cool. Cause it, it's supposed to be a survival game. And, you know, you're in your little station wagon and it's it looks cool. Like like you said, the style of it is just very. I don't know what I would compare the style to. I feel like if you look at it, like I don't want to say it has the the aesthetic of Mandy because Mandy is more red, Mm -hmm. but it has that kind of like weird haunting kind of like feel to it from the stills. Yeah. Um. There's definitely something really weird it. going on, right? Like 
in some of the gameplay footage you see like there's a giant beam in the sky that's falling right there's weird spike traps that look very alieny because then when you look at the car you're driving it's a very much like a like a rat rod you know what a rat rod is mm-hmm. Where, like for people who don't know about hot rods it's a hot rod that's basically made with like garbage parts Right. So think about like Mad Max, Mad Max style, but like very like you have a, a trunk, right? Like a, a chest trunk thing, you know, that like military style mm-hmm. one. And maybe that is holding your gas tank. Right. Like it's it's weird crap like that that you just kind of piecemeal and figure out and make a, a hot rod out of. But like this station wagon that you're driving around in feels very much like that, where it's like, well, I found this lawn chair that's made out of metal. Let me just bolt that to the side of my car for armor, right? Like it's it's very much that, and you're just driving around. So I I'm very excited with the way it looks. I think it looks very interesting. Um, I I do like the fact that in when you're driving the car, you have that first person view, and you see like your dashboard and everything. It makes it feel more real, and it reminds mm-hmm. me of like the cyberpunk cars, how everything was just so crazy detailed, where they even had like bobbleheads on their dash and stuff like that right like it's a very clever aspect and it just makes it feel more like lived in and like more believable so yeah this one looks really really cool and hopefully it comes out and everybody's like oh my gosh this is amazing and it just becomes like a weird cult classic game (laughs) but we yeah i i feel like i've heard a lot of people kind of hyped for it so i think it's definitely going to be one of those like I don't say viral games, but it's definitely going to be like, I think popular when it comes out because it's just different. You know, we don't, we, we see a lot of those kind of games, but we don't see it done like that. And I think that's something I kind of hope to see more of this year is like different takes on formulas we've seen. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be the going trend. Right? Like a lot of these games are taking what we have already seen and just taking it up to 11, right? They're just turning that dial, that extra notch and just adding that extra little tiny bit of polish to change things up and just very modernizing it. So um, that's kind of what I'm expecting to see uh, over the next year of what what we can actually expect, you know? It's it's just nuts. Mm-hmm. Everything looks so good. So I'm I'm very excited. But yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. I hope you guys have enjoyed and, you know, hopefully we let you know about some crazy games that are coming out in 2024 to keep your eyes out for. Uh, If there's anything that you guys are excited about or anything you've heard about the pipeline, or if anybody knows if a release date is ever going to be coming out for Little Devil Inside, let us know. (laughs) I want that game to come out so bad, but I don't think it's ever going to. Uh, But anyway. For those of you who know about that game, you know the struggles and you know the pain. It's becoming like Half-Life 3 or whatever the hell, right? Like, it's it's bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, but we'll talk to you guys next week with some more games and all that good stuff. But until then, bye for now. <laughs>